Yeah, look, man, everything's uh, everything's awesome. I'm right here at Davidson College, home of Steph Curry. It's about, like, what, 15 minutes from my home uh, here in Charlotte. So I come out here every now and again. That It's a little bit slower of a lifestyle than down in Charlotte. So yep. I kind of come out to get away and change the scenery for a little bit. Where, where are you, Nick? Uh, we're, I'm in Bethesda in the yeah. office of the Players Union offices. So Okay, nice. I'm man. new down here in this part of the world, but get where used to it. Where are you from originally? Uh, originally, like way up in upstate New York, where they keep the cows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I've lived in Philly for the last, you know, thirteen, fourteen years. So okay, and then uh, you were working with the you were working with the union. Um, were you working with Philly Union? Like which union were you working for? MLS or well, Philly? So or? now I'm working for the Players Union. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then uh, when you were in it, Philly, were you with the were you with the Philly Union? No, I was actually. I was running a professional ultimate frisbee league because what? That's I'm a crazy awesome. person. <laughs> That's yeah. a, my brother was uh, he was like a second team all American and I don't know how that works at the University of South Carolina in ultimate frisbee. Oh, they're very good. Yeah, yeah, he, he was a good, good player. player. Yeah, he was a good player. He he didn't take it. He's in getting his doctorate in like secondary education or something. He's 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 a brainiac. But he was it was cool to see how explosive and entertaining ultimate frisbee is man it's a cool sport no yeah. doubt about it and yeah. uh you know we ran that for five years and you know in the end the investment just didn't play out and of course of course yeah. Yeah. that's Quite all right you, you wound up in a pretty good spot man you wound i'm up pretty happy about it <laughs> i love it well um i listen i'm really excited to get the opportunity to kind of chat and the fact that you guys have have kind of seeked me out and and are interested in what we're doing here is really just a tribute to kind of what we're doing because sometimes I I ask myself like what the fuck am I doing right now you know like I have no idea what's going on and I'm just trying to do the best I can and it's really cool to see that you know the league that I played in for a while is, is supporting me to a degree and that that feels really awesome that's great that's good to hear I mean that's something that you know we've had a lot of talk here about wanting to do more of and more with is because there's people doing cool stuff after they're done playing you know sure. you finish playing if you're lucky you're in your mid-30s right right if you make it that far <laughs> yeah there's a lot of life left after that <laughs> so much man so much life. so much uh, so we're always really interested in how people are handling that because everybody handles it differently sure. and some people really struggle with it so getting some people's stories who've struggled who've come through it who have some perspective I think it's really helpful to guys who are reaching that point where yeah. they start to think about it, which nobody does until like they're just about to do it. Right? Exactly. So, so just to give me an idea, because in the production phase of this, so I can understand exactly who your demo is, so that way I can speak to the market in the way that would be that would best serve, you know, the story and like what you're trying to get out of it. Like, who who's your demo? Well, here's the thing. I think. You know, our core audience is, is the membership, right? Players and stuff like that. But we actually have a lot of people who sort of follow along from outside. So when I get comments and stuff on, uh, you know, and again, I'm very new 
to what we're doing here and just starting to build this. But when I get comments, there's also a lot of fans that are paying attention and want to know, like, what are players doing off the field? Got it. So there's a little mix, I think. Okay. So what I'd like to do, because where I'm headed with this, and I had a, a conversation, was there, is her name Megan? Um, Megan, yeah. Megan, yeah. I had a conversation with Megan about this. And, you know, a long-term objective with me in doing this is helping – athletes, fitness influencers, people, um, really anyone, but more so I think a tighter niche around wellness enthusiasts, people who want to live their best lives and who want to build um, a life and a brand around what they love and what they uh, aspire to to have in their lifestyle. I want to help people. um, Specifically, I'd love to start with the MLS players um, to figure out I got this fucking influence. I've got this audience. I've got this people, these, these group of people who are coming to uh, pay attention to what I'm doing. But I got no idea what to do with that. I don't know how to turn that into a business. I don't know how to allow that to make money for me. And what, I, what my long-term vision is with Creating Space is to help people um, have the playbook, so to speak, of what to do to build a brand specifically to the MLS players, like how do I build a brand while I'm playing so that this bridge, I can bridge this gap and it's a natural kind of seamless flow into when I retire as opposed to my experience, which was like, holy fuck, you know, excuse my language. I'm not exactly (laughs) sure what I need to do. And I was so afraid, Nick, that like I began to become anxious, then began to get depressed and then was suicidal for, for, for a while. And so the, the playbook that I'm really excited about building right now, what we're working on is a playbook where I could sit down with a, with a, shit, I don't know, a Darlington Nagby. And I can say, Darlington, like, you've got a big audience right now. You got a lot of people paying attention to you, man. What, what is it that you're, what, what is it that you're interested in? Who, what influencers are you watching right now that you like the way that they're doing business? Okay, let's reverse engineer what they've done and let's put together a process that could give you something to work on outside of the game that could help develop another passion because you don't find your passion, you develop interests into passions. And um, I, that's kind of where I'd want to go. And that's what I'd love to kind of talk with you a little bit about today that would, I think, would add something that I don't know that any other former players are really working on right now. So it could add a unique piece to some of the articles that you're writing. And then it would relate to any of the players or fans that are paying attention, like to your, to your website. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes great sense. I like that a lot. Cool. Um, So with that in mind, because I, I get that, right. It's this idea that you have some equity at this point. How do we build that up so that it, you know, gives you that like, next stage that you can go and do after you're done playing right correct Um, so let's go backward a little bit though first and you know i know a bit because i've read a bit but let's let's have you say a little bit like you know what's your background like what you know you came up you played soccer in the mls obviously tell us a little about coming up into that and sort of how that how that played out for you? Yeah, well, I should have never been there in the first place. I'm um, <laughs> I'm from Easley, South Carolina, which is the middle of nowhere. Um, I was a recruited walk-on to the College of Charleston. I was a great athlete that played soccer. Um, and in, in developing, I, I was a late bloomer, so to speak. So in developing myself through 
the College of Charleston with Ralph Lundy and Troy Lassane there. Troy is is a uh, is now the assistant coach at Charlotte Independence. Um, in, in developing myself there and playing down at IMG at, uh, at in professional development league, I became not just an athletic soccer player. I became or I became an athlete playing soccer uh, into a athletic soccer player. So I developed into that. Um, was the, the second player ever from Charleston to, to get invited to the MLS Combine was overlooked. So in the 2009 MLS draft, there was no supplemental draft. There were only like two or three, maybe four rounds of the super draft. And, and so there was no second tier for players to get invited into camp. So I fell out of that draft and ended up having a conversation with the White, Vancouver Whitecaps. This was 2009. They had just announced that they were going – uh, into the MLS 2011 and the conversation was look sign here you know we're the top we just won the championship the year before 2008 you do well here and we'll take you onto the MLS so that was all I needed to hear let me go play make a decent wage I was making more my my rookie season than some of my buddies that got drafted uh, <laughs> that were making like 17 and a half and having to pay for their rent. Yeah, like, it, you know, it was just the, office. <laughs> the, league, the league was at that level at that time. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I was developing, I was playing a lot and, you know, was was runner up for rookie of the year. In the, in the It was called the USL or the A-League at that time. And, mm, uh, yeah. you know, had some good success, got taken on in 2011 with the expansion team and um, had a great had a great time in the MLS uh, and then kind of bounced around after that. Um, I'd, I like to say that, that, uh, the Vancouver years were the best years. I felt really connected to the city. I felt really connected. Oh my holy! <laughs> like I've, I just felt really connected to the city, to the fans. My heart was in it. Um, and then, you know, the situation with, with Vancouver went awry and I, I left and went to San Antonio, had some success there, then went to Edmonton and in Edmonton, I had made that decision because it was the biggest contract that I had seen mm. to that point. And I didn't consider the other factors that go so deeply into the experience of a player. Um, you know, and I put money ahead of, so, so to speak, lifestyle or happiness. And yeah. that was really the first time where I began to learn how important it is to consider a multitude of things when you're making life decisions as opposed to just money. So I, I struggled in Edmonton. Um, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't, I wasn't on with a coach that I got along with. And this was the first time that I really felt out of flow, out of uh, alignment where the other two clubs that I had been at, I felt really aligned. And then as you well know, the longer you're in this alignment, mind, body, and soul are disconnected. Then that leaves you, um, vulnerable to injury. So ended up breaking my foot uh, in the first like couple of months of that season, had a fifth metatarsal break, got a pin in that. Uh, I broke that one. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you know, as well as I know that that injury is way worse than it sounds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> then it was like four and a half months of, of rehab or sorry, in a, in a, in a cast and then, uh, and then rehab. I was back. Two games later, I tore my ACL. Uh, yeah, so just obviously not moving well from the broken foot. I didn't have good movement properties, putting my knee at stressful angles, and the knee, the knee went. So um, 
that was where everything kind of flipped on his head, Nick. That is where life began to really ra- get rattled and accelerate uh, in a downward trajectory. Um, that's where, uh, you know, there's a number of things and I can go deeper in that, but I don't know if you necessarily want to spend too much time there, but that is where the doctor told me, you know, I'll keep it short and airy, but the doctor told me that I should retire. My knee had more damage than I had realized. They had to perform what's called a, what's called a, a, a um, uh, oh, micro, micro fracture technique. That's the same technique that uh, Greg Oden had performed on his knee for the Portland Timbers, which, or sorry, for the Portland Trailblazers, which subsequently uh, slowly ended his career. The yeah. doc, the doc just told me, hey, man, you know, if you want to be mobile and have, have a good quality of life at 60 years old, you should probably shut this thing down. Uh, and I thought I was just going in for a routine ACL reconstruction. Yeah, that's a tough day. Coming out of that was um, was terrifying. Didn't know what to do with that. And that was the first time that I'd been told that my life was no longer going to be like I thought it was going to be. And that's where mental illness began to take uh, its stake on me. That's where doubt, um, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, like it really spiraled really quickly. Um, and I struggled with that very heavily until I found myself climbing the bridge of Vancouver's uh, Lion Gate Bridge, having made the decision to to take my life. It, it was just at this point where I was so overwhelmed and so anxious all of the time that I felt like if this is what my life's going to be like for the rest of my life, I don't, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't, I can't handle this anymore. Um, so I have a deep, a deep um, empathy and understanding for people who get to very dark places and feel like that's never going to change and they can't do anything about it. Um, So that's part of what goes into creating space now is helping people break through the fear, helping people break through their limiting beliefs and let them know that there are so many ulterior routes that they can discover and learn and build and develop their passions around to help them build businesses, build lifestyles and build uh, their, their best life, so to speak. So that's where all this has come from. The long, long story in between. Oh, that's, that's every, every good story needs a good source story. Man. And, uh, you know, I feel for you in that, in what you went through, I have been through similar things. People don't know. They think it's, you know, people from the outside think, Oh, you're depressed. You're sad, but it's yeah. pain. Man. It's pain. It's pain. And it seems like it's never going to end. Right. But you make it, if you can make it through it, you're stronger on the other side of it. And it's interesting that that experience obviously is feeding into what you're doing now. Um, so the actual creating spaces thing, how did it, how did it start? How did it take shape? Yeah, yeah that's, a, listen, that's a great question, man. Um, for, from the very fundamental aspect of it, okay, I was, I was aware that, that, that coaching um, wasn't what I wanted to do, but it's a natural progression, right? Every traditional, yeah. every athlete is like, okay, coach, until you figure it out. So, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, okay, I guess I'll just go deeper into it and I'll, and I'll give up and I'll just fall to the hands of coaching. So um, I didn't want to be that guy. I've never been one to settle. I've, I've, I've never been one to follow anyone else's lead either. So a um, bit of an iconoclast. And so... With that being said, while I was coaching, completely aware that it wasn't, I wasn't in alignment, but I had to figure out what it was. So I was doing a lot of art. 
uh, painting a lot of acrylic uh, canvases. That was my meditation. That was the way that I, uh, it was cathartic for me. It was a, a place for me to exist in flow state and not have to feel anxious or like worried about the future or depressed and still attached to my career. It was very healing for me. And inside of those, um, and inside of those artistic moments, I would get filled with, filled with these really philosophical um, philosophical rants and it, it would just kind of come to me and at this time Instagram stories were not available Snapchat was where you could go on and you could rant and whatnot and yeah. I had built a pretty decent Snapchat following from my athletic career and I while I was painting I would go on like these really these really intense riffs where I would just channel something it, the message, I, it was just coming from my higher self, I believe. And I don't know if the, your audience is really going to resonate with that. But I was connecting to something where I was in flow state. And these messages were just coming through me. And it was very authentic for me. And it flowed very easily for me. And it, it was really intense when I would get into those channeling states of, of art. And all of a sudden, I started to get this feedback from the people that were following me. were like, holy shit, Wes. Like, this is really inspiring. I'm really enjoying these. I actually am excited for these to come your your story to come up in my feed so I can see what you're doing. And, and, and immediately that at that point, that was where I recognized that there's something here and I actually love doing this. So at that point it was, how am I going to do this and do this more often? And I'm not a huge reader. Uh, it's I am highly ADHD. So more kinesthetic learner. So I like to learn on the move. So I was already digesting podcasts. I was already listening to motivational speeches every day. And I just thought, why don't I start a podcast? And I'm on the back of my paddleboard in Lake Norman, another cathartic, like, um, you know, pastime for me. And it was, it all came together. I was on a Snapchat rant and then I left the Snapchat rant, tuned back into a podcast. And I just thought, why the fuck don't I just start my own podcast <laughs> every day? And at that point, that was where the idea was formed. And if you know anything about ideas, the ideas will come to you and it's whether or not you get excited enough to put the energy and the force behind it to manifest it, that, that matters. So ideas are great, but execution is everything else. And I got so excited about the idea of starting a podcast that I literally started to like row my paddleboard <laughs> to, to the, the, the land. Uh, and I, ha I have an inflatable paddleboard. I literally whipped that thing up, threw it in my car and got back to my apartment and was like, how do I start a podcast? And, I, and from that point moving forward, it's just been a, an acceleration of excitement and, and, and feeling scared. And, and this whole journey has kind of, uh, unfolded from that moment forward very cool so how how long ago was it that you started the podcast was just it? over a year man it was june i think my first episode was like june the second where i was like what's up guys like i'm doing a podcast <laughs> and i can remember nick there was like 22 people that downloaded that first podcast in the first week and all of them were my family i bet yep. i bet all 22 of those well 11 were probably me listening to it over and over again <laughs> and the other 11 were were close family members and maybe a couple of friends um so when i look at it now and we're well over sixty thousand downloads a month and there's 
there's an audience of people tuning in and really enjoying and feel connected to what we're doing. Um, I, I don't know how, Nick, this has happened, but I just know that it's something that I enjoy so deeply that I couldn't imagine doing anything else. A lot of passion for it. That's Yeah, great. man. Yeah. So, so along the way, like you're building the podcast up, get the website, got, uh, you're getting this other stuff. Like, who are you, who are your, who helped you along the way? Who was, yeah. who assisted you? Like, and, and this is, that's a great question, phone, right? <laughs> that's a great, that's such a great question. And this is one thing that I want to speak to the MLS players, um, that, that may be reading this article. The, the necessity for mentorship is so vastly important. The way these lads look to their coaches and their assistant coaches for direction on their technique, on their tactics, for fundamental help, for all of that, it is vastly, vastly, vastly important to the, for these guys to start to tap into what they're interested in outside of the game of football and to figure out people who are involved in that interest and have conversations with them. Just go and say, hey, would love to grab a coffee with you. And, and, and they can meet those people, you know, if they're religious, going to church, if they go to gyms and they see people that are doing things that they like in gyms, if they have audiences, Nick, uh, and they have a big presence on social media, reaching out to people who you know, are, if they have interest in doing what I'm doing, like reach out to me, let's have a conversation. But, um, the, the, the idea of mentorship is the most important. And here's why I was coaching a guy, uh, I was coaching a kid named Max Wright. Max Wright was this, uh, was this player from, from the city here in Charlotte, really good player. His, his father was like half Jamaican, half British, his name's Mark Wright. And Mark Wright is a writer and editor and producer for ESPN. And at this time last year, ESPN had a hub here in Charlotte. It no longer exists. Um, but Mark Wright, who now writes the beat writer for The Undefeated, which is a, a, a minority spinoff of ESPN, um, he was... He, he was the dad and he was always around me. And I just kind of felt like this guy has something to teach me. And I knew he was in journalism. I knew he was in ESPN. So I walked up to him one day and we were connected because, you know, he knows this former pro is going to take care of his son. And so he's got a bit of vested interest in me because if there's a good relationship there, I'll probably look after his son. You know how the, the dad's a parent. Yeah, I'm a dad. I know. Yeah, yeah you know how it works. So, so he was having, he was going outside of himself to develop a relationship with me. And at one day I said, Hey, Mark, let's go for coffee. And we sat down and I just dumped these ideas into Mark's lap. And I said, well, what do you think? And he said, first of all, I love it. I love to see athletes who go in an artistic route and want to do something different. And I think this is great. And I think you got the personality for it. And you know, he's like, Wes, you're a good looking guy. That doesn't hurt you, you know? And he talked about all of these reasons about why when you choose to go into not entertainment, but when you choose to go into the front of the camera type presentations of the things that you fundamentally might need to begin that might help you. Right. So he started to, he began to coach me. And the next thing he did after a couple of conversations more as a mentor, he put me into the office of a woman um, from named Sharita Johnson. 
She was the former vice president of audio for ESPN. Like she's the one that helped build Mike and Mike. Hmm. Like, you know, that podcast and that TV show, she uh, was no longer working, no longer affiliated with ESPN, but had 25 years of that work under her belt. So Mark led me to Sharita and Sharita took me in to her in-home office with these whiteboards everywhere and she broke down everything and she's like this is how we're gonna do it and she's like okay here's the playbook go and I went home and I thought oh shit I don't know what I'm doing here but at that point I had a team I had a team of people around me that a were gonna hold me accountable and b were gonna help me create the plan to move forward so what I had again was I had this this team environment like what I had when I was in the league. There were people around me now that could coach me and say, do this, do this move, whip a ball into this area of the box, like pass to this player with this part of your foot. And that's all I needed because I had the desire and the passion and the will to perform. I just didn't have the direction. So without having that first mentorship, it would not have led me to the next people, which have led me to the next people, which have led me to sitting in front of a guy like Laird Hamilton, having a conversation with a, the best big wave surfer who've ever walked this planet. And yeah, and thinking like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I can't believe that I'm doing this. And having a conversation with Howard Bihar, who is the former Starbucks president who built Starbucks to what it is today. And I, I completely had forgotten that we were doing that podcast at that time. And I had to record that podcast, Nick, in my car, like, <laughs> you know, just leads you to all of these moments, which keep asking the question, are you willing to show up and are you going to keep pushing forward? So that aspect and that topic of mentorship, uh, really talking and going deep on that for your players and helping them understand that like this day in digital, the digital age with social media, they can reach out to anyone. And because they're athletes, like they're lifted above everyone else and they have the end. People love athletes. People love fitness influencers because people, these are the modern day gladiators. And I want to, I want to sit in a conversation with these players at a, maybe a play, players union conference at the beginning of the year, every year. And I just want to talk to these guys to let them be aware of the, of the sharpness of the blade that they wield and how they can use that blade to serve themselves and to serve others and help build their brand within uh, or while they're, they're playing. And I, I want to give players playbooks of how to do that because I want to help the, the me of a year ago who's like, I got all this shit and I'm really excited, but I don't know what to do. So I want to play that part as a mentor, so to speak, for the athletes inside the league right now who are looking what I, at what I'm doing and, and, are, and are interested in it and might think that it could be something that, that they would want to put some time into also, you know? Right on, man. I think that's very cool. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea that your start in soccer and your start in this sort of business podcasting thing are very similar, right? Yeah, yeah. Athlete who doesn't really play, like athlete who happens to play soccer, a lot of training, a lot of good coaching, soccer player. Right. Podcaster, passionate. Yeah. Do it, but doesn't yeah. always do it. A lot Not of training, a lot of coaching. Not a clue. Right, and, that, <laughs> and that's what that – 
gap, Nick, between the desire to perform and the understanding of what to do or like where you, where you are and where you want to be, that gap, the only thing you need to, to bridge that is information, right? Information bridges that gap. And what I am real passionate to do and feel real connected with are my athletes like the Cara Lang Romeros who just, we just did a spark session with Cara Lang, former Canadian national team, uh, women's national team Olympian, like UCLA Bruin. She's coming to me like, I want to be a holistic health practitioner, Wes, help me get this brand going, right? I'm loving now that these athletes are coming to me thinking, I love what you're doing. I, I see that you're, that you're loving it. I'm inspired by it. Help me get it started. And I want to sit in rooms with guys in the league right now and just be like, all right, guys, let's, let's, let's work through this playbook. Go run this play. Get good at this play. Come back to me when you're ready to add the next um, level of this play. And let's go in more depth. And, and, and we'll keep working together. I'll keep coaching you on how to do this thing. So... Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a lot of what you're doing really has a language that speaks to athletes. Like, there's a lot of that language in there, like the things that you're used to hearing, like playbooks, and like here's, you know, right. coach type of right. feel. Um, your audience as a whole, obviously, you're going to have a lot of athletes in that audience by end of it. Like, how do you see your audience right now, though, as a whole group? Like, how does it break down? What types of people are interacting with you, engaging with you? Yeah, that's a great question. So our demo, uh, we've got, we're, we're trying to distill our niche right now. But um, what I can tell you is this, the large mainstay of our audience is 25 to 38. So we're, we're, we're millennial focused. Um, our audience is you and I, those focused in um, living their best life. So wellness, they're focused in mindfulness they're focused in fitness and and health they're focused in performance um whether that be professionally or personally these these are the people that are desire desiring to improve their life in some capacity as it as it pertains to like growth personally professionally um and and willing to do that inside out job let me recognize where i need to improve and let me figure out how to improve by listening to this interview with ex ex former athlete or this author that Wes is having on the show. Um, It's really at the, at the bare bones of it, people focused on mindset. They want to improve the way they think so that they can improve the way their, their decisions are, which ultimately the decisions you make create the reality that you exist in. So um, that's, that's our, that's our demo, man. Health and wellness uh, millennials, and people existing in the digital age and, and can uh, absorb content online. Right. They're going to find you where you are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very cool. And so, you know, you have this thing. I, I look at your site. There's just, there's a lot of different sort of services. Right. 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 You're building out. Like, where does the future go with this, do you think? Like, what's your yeah. for it? I, so the big long-term vision, man, I would love to have uh, an entrepreneurial incubator, um, something similar to what Gary Vee is doing uh, to a degree, uh, but a little bit more hyper-targeted. I, I'm not sure. Do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? 
Uh, I know the name, but I'm going to have to look him up to see a little bit more about him. So if you were to drop Gary V into this conversation and to, you know, just a quick coaching, if you were to like hyperlink Gary V's Instagram and like his YouTube video, all of the audience that we will be plugging into to a degree will know exactly who Gary V is. I mean, most of the athletes um, and players in the NLS are plugged in. So Gary V uh, started Wine Library TV. And then from there, he started an agency. And then that agency... Um, which is called Vayner Media, turned into another type of agency, which is called Vayner Sports. So this guy who started with a YouTube page and Twitter teaching people about wine is now teaching brands and companies how to build their brand and exist in the digital space to grow attention. And he's helping use that same playbook tangentially for athletes. So now he's helping athletes build their brands and he's representing them in their contract negotiations for brand deals, for ambassadorships, um, all that kind of stuff. That's where I would like to um, exist. For, for example, I'd love to take a Darlington Nagby in and it's like, all right, Darlington, what do you want to do with the attention that you have? What do you see for the vision of your future? Darlington and I get to a good place with that. We start a company around that. And I would have vested equity in what Darlington is building by helping bring him into our machine and put people around him that can help support him so he can just focus on being the player and we can focus on managing his brand. And as he floats his brand as a player, we help float his brand as a professional and we have vested equity in that, which obviously uh, helps us to continue to grow. And we would do that, replicate that process with all of the athletes in the MLS who have uh, a vested interest in growing a brand, uh, growing a personal brand, so to speak. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? So I would love, for, for instance, right now, I would call up Josie. I'd call up Mike Bradley. I'd call up um, Darlington Nagby and, and, you know, Dom Dwyer and Clint Dempsey, all the guys that I think are individuals who would really benefit from a, building a personal brand. And I'd say, look, let's just have, com let's sit in, let's have convos. Let me bring you into my team. Let's, let's build your brand where all it is, is I'm going to call you once a week, twice a week. I'm going to say, what are your answer these questions so we can make decisions moving forward. All you need to worry about is how to play, play and play well, and we'll help you build on the outside. That way, when you step out of the game, you, uh, you've got something you can fall into that you're already like tuned in with and, and you've built that for yourself. Right on. Got it. Does that make sense? That makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and you can, and I could turn that, I could turn that same playbook, Nick, to um, YouTube video vloggers, could turn it to, fitness enthusiasts could turn it to all of these people who recognize that these jobs that are just now starting in this digital age with social media, where you can have brand deals, you can have advertisements with companies and you can make a real nice chunk of change by just being you um, and aligning with brands that are in uh, that coalesce with, with you and what you're about. Like this, these jobs have only started to exist within the last four or five years. You know, now that social media has leveled the playing field because it used to be in traditional media sets, you had to pay millions of dollars to get in front of massive audience audiences. Now, with 100,000 followers, a million followers, you, these, these brand, these people, they hold the attention. 
not yeah. these companies. And so I just want to teach these athletes, these influencers, what to do with the attention because I realize not many of them have a Scooby with what to do with them. And it's a language they need to learn to speak. And I just want to interpret that language for these guys. Very cool. Very cool. Let me see if I have anything else I wanted to get to here. Yet, when it comes to this, um, if, if your hyper target is to athletes, I'd love to, to work um, in cohesion with you to where I can set up a landing page for these athletes to be able to click off of this article to a landing page to be able to book a session with me. Does that make sense? So if somebody's reading this and they're like, hey, man, um, I'm really interested in working with Wes because what he's speaking to is really exciting. And I think I would, it would benefit from this. Then there would be a way that we, you and I could build this article together to be sort of a beta test for you moving forward. One and two, to where we could drive a traffic to where it, we could get, you know, in conversation with athletes that are, that are interested in this model. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, these articles serve, a couple purposes for us right like especially now this right. is super early we're rebuilding um you know this isn't common knowledge so but i'll tell you we're rebranding we're rebuilding all new web properties so right now like i'm keeping our site on life support with a few articles here and there that said it's also a beta test opportunity so sure. how are we going to put content together what's going to get clicks what's going to get pushed through um so i'm happy to to work so with you to come up with something that works for both of us. Listen, absolutely, man. And I could, if you give me the permission with this, I could literally take the audio set of this, drop it in. This would be a very interesting podcast to throw onto the podcast platform. So, you yeah. know, these things are multi-directional in the media. If, if you're able to lift yourself a little bit higher from the, the process, you can see how this rec video record, I could break this into some clips, toss that to you for you to embed inside of it. I could also break that down play it into the podcast as it will help the educational piece of of helping people understand just what we're doing as we continue to 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 roll out our you know plan and whatnot so um it's really all up to how many places you want to spray it and and push it to how uh, how we go in in moving forward with the release of the article you know yeah, yeah. Let's. I mean, let's let's figure out how we want to do it, and cool. you know, give me the feedback that you have. Uh, I'm happy to, you know, to use it in as many ways possible. Pretty much. Okay. You know, I, have, I have to use my like caution all the time because I come out of an environment where I was very like front facing and very yeah uh, aggressive about the way we marketed and here there's a lot more legal concerns and stuff like that. So I have to make sure that we don't like. I have to watch through it, and make sure we didn't. Cross any of, of those lines. <laughs> of course, of course. But yeah, but yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely use it. I'm also any any ways that you want to link out anything you want to try in terms of landing pages is totally. Uh, yeah, I think I think having a place to funnel people that would be interested in having a conversation about what we've talked about um, would be a great way to for us to really vet. Okay, are there are there people in the league that are interested in this? is this something that people would want to learn more about and discover? And equally, what, what relationship do you have with MLS.com, like MajorLeagueSoccer.com? Where, 
do these articles land on the site? If so, that would probably change the dynamic of how, um, you know, present the content. They don't land on the site because we're separate organization, right? We're the union. Right. The league. Right. But that said, they're the same. There's so much crossover in the audience that like we did an article on Jeff Antonelli's children's books that he's writing. Sure. They also did like so there's okay. like there's so do, you have relation, do you have relationships with people inside the the mls the the content developers there where you could say hey this is a great story this guy's doing something that i think would be interesting to the audience you know that way maybe you could put us either put your article in f- facing forward or maybe could facilitate a conversation with them yeah i mean there's people that i know that but only this much right now because yeah, it's gotcha. relatively new. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely know a couple of people in their content department and I'm happy to push like a little like note over to them once we have something together. That'd be amazing. Check this out. That'd be amazing. Um, I, whether they're doing anything with it or not, I don't know, right. but um, definitely worth a, worth a push. For sure. Um, yeah, man. Look, Nick, I think uh, obviously what you guys are doing to illuminate present or past players is important because um, I think once guys once guys leave, obviously with the fans and with organizations, people lose touch. And I think for the ones that you're highlighting that are doing things within their community or whatnot that are that are important, man, having those articles uh, is is needed, man. I think it's I think it's cool that you guys have taken this on. We think it'll make it'll make a big difference to other players and we also think it's nice for fans like a lot of people who follow these guys you know are, are wondering like what what's everyone yeah. what are they up to you know yeah, like, yeah. and you know if they're up to something cool and the project's cool it's yeah maybe i'll keep following this person as they move on to this next stage right 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 well um like i said it whatever i can do moving forward to help with you guys if you get into building this article and you're like hey i remember we talked about this can you cut me uh, a 30 second uh split of this part of the conversation let me know i can help double team that article with you because obviously it you know you're doing you're doing myself a favor and my team a favor by writing this article so whatever content you have inside of your mind that you would think that we would benefit you in building this let us know. And then I would like to put that landing page together to where, you know, people that come from this article can link out, can drop into a calendar of mine to have a conversation and, and that, that can help. Yeah, know. we could definitely do that. And the same goes in the other direction. If you're like, I like this clip, you can cut it out and send it my way. And that may like be like, Oh, maybe I should write this a little this way or turn this a little this way. So yeah, cool. Cool. Very cool. And, and and do I have clearance to take this recording and drop it into the podcast as a podcast episode or do Let you, me, can I, can you send it to me so I can just look, read through it real quick. So it's, what will happen is I'll, once this finishes, it, it uploads um, or downloads, sorry. Once it downloads, I'll upload it to the Google, to Google drive. And then I'll perfect. send you the Google drive link and you can, you can download it from there. That's perfect. Yeah. Let me okay. give it a quick listen and make sure that, Okay. For sure. From our perspective. Yeah. You let me know what needs to happen from here, man. And, and, uh, I appreciate you having interest in what we're doing then. Hey, it's cool stuff, man. And, uh, thanks for having the time to talk this morning. Thanks buddy. Talk to you soon. All right. You too. Bye.